This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. I'm Jason Klein here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Now, when it comes to home improvement and construction, there are a whole bunch of terms and phrases that can leave a lot of people and projects lost in translation. But today, in between your questions, we're going to be talking about some of those terms, things like flashing and pecs and wheat holes and all those weird things that we talk about, but we're going to try to put meaning to it for you. Join the conversation with us this morning by calling 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can send an email, of course, to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. How are you guys doing this morning? I'm pretty good. The war is on. Which with, one? With my swimming pool right now. Oh, no. <laughs> the oh, it's, war it's late year. Go ahead and close it and forget on. it. Game on. What did it do now? I have thrown down the gauntlet. Listen, folks, when I say swimming pool, it's relative, okay? Because about 20 years ago, I had a full-size. When I bought the mm-hmm. house, it was a full-size pool. Well, this Yazoo Clay busted up every one of those underground pipes. Right. So, so I hired a guy to come in and... He was going to fill the pool in is what he was mm. going to do. I called him one day. Next day, he's there. He's knocking it all down. He's a fellow about dirt work guy named Bulldog. Do you ever know him, Jeff? I knew Bulldog Burton. I think that's, yeah, I think it was Bulldog Burton. I think it well, was. Well, he's a builder. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, a million years ago. So I think, I don't know. I don't know. He's dead. <laughs> well, anyway, my Bulldog's dead. He is. So he came in with his big old bulldozer and he started knocking it down. I said, hey, Bulldog, you think you could just use my shallow end and make me a tiny pool? He's like, sure, honey, I can do that. So my pool is eight feet by 16 feet. It's more of a spa. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a teeny tiny, and a couple of years ago I added a heater, so I, I so really— So what happened to it? Why is it bad now? Well, this rain— the oh. rain creates, and this is what they're telling me over at the pool supply, is that the rain causes phosphates, and the phosphates causes metal. And so it's just messed up the chemicals. And I have had a pristine pool for 20 years. Oh, bummer. And for whatever reason, this year, game on. I am watching. It's like You know a, what? We had, we had a person in here years ago. Jeff, do you remember we had a pool guy in here? Maybe we have to get a pool person back in here to talk about your stuff. I think we should because she was saying when I went in the other day and they were uh, doing my water again, he, she was like, everybody's having this problem right now yeah. because of this crazy rain that we're, that we're having, these thunderstorms. Yeah. And then it gets the sun comes out and then it rains again. And the right. sun comes out. So the pH is off and... They're probably, I'm not the only one having this, but let me tell you, I might be losing some sleep over this. It drives me crazy when my water's cloudy. <laughs> well, let's you know, go they, ahead. And... They make a chemical, it's called the blue. Yeah, it's I've real, got that. Oh, just pour it in there. Well, you can't if the chemical is off, if the pH is off, and See, that's what's happening I, is I've the rain. I've got a different pool. It's not near as picky. It's not high maintenance. Right. I throw some blue stuff in there and some chemical, in it, but I don't have a picky pool. You don't have okay, a piggy you know, pool. We actually have. <laughs> Do you have a pool guy? Have we you have got a pool, pool guy that comes by? That's, we that's have a, a pool specialist on the phone. <laughs> there you go. He's on the phone right now. Oh, that's awesome. That's right. Robert is in Hattiesburg. He's a pool specialist. What were you mentioning, Robert? Well, I was just curious if I could help with the problem. I hear that you got some cloudy water, I guess, and uh, 
<laughs> oh, gosh, is this, is this a sales pitch, Robert? Yeah, that, well, tell me, Robert, <laughs> my pool folks are telling me it's all this rain, and the, for whatever reason, it's creating the phosphates in the water. Yeah, phosphates in water. I mean, we're in South Mississippi, so phosphates I, in the water is a never-ending battle. And generally speaking, the pH and the alkalinity are going to be in control of how much total dissolved solids the water can hold. So usually when you've got cloudy water, good chlorine, no algae, you've just got a situation where you literally have total dissolved solids hanging out in the water. And if you adjust the pH in the right direction, you can usually get that to precipitate out or get caught in the filter. All right, I need like 11th grade chemistry to hang out with you guys. <laughs> well, I understand what well, he's saying, and, and that's what they had me do. They had me put some baking soda I, in it. Uh, you know, they tested it, and I test it weekly myself. But sometimes these right. the alkalinity and there are things that my pool testing equipment's not going to tell me. So what you're saying, Robert, is basically what they told me. But do you agree that it's the rain that's causing a lot of these problems in these swimming pools? It can. I mean, <laughs> we get a lot of rain. A lot of Robert's not all in. Have... You hear it? He's not <laughs> all in. Well, I mean, this, this isn't the first time it rained on the pool. Well, right. but this is no. the first time I've been Look. having phosphate problems. I've had this pool for 20 years, and all of a sudden, I'm having problems that I've never had before. Have you huh. tested phosphates in the past? Never. Yeah. Well, I don't think have we you, can blame it on the rain. Right. Say again? You had never tested for phosphates in the past? Right? Well, I've never had to. My water's always been crystal right. clear. My pH has always been good. My chlorine's always been good. Now, I got a theory. I got a conspiracy theory. I have a now. theory. I, got I a, think your pool is too high maintenance. It's too picky. Right, right. You need a well, pool guy. Well, it's never been. I got a question. I have one question. It's never been that Go bad. for it, Robert. <laughs> Do you have well water? No. Uh, I'm in the city. city. Yeah, I'm city in the water. city water. <laughs> okay. And that's what I'm just scratching my head because I've had this pool 20 years and never had a problem with it. Is it salt or chlorine? I've got a chlorine here and we got a okay. salt pool down in the country. All and right. that one's not even having Welcome the same Welcome to problems. the pool show. Right. I know. Well, yeah. tell you what. <laughs> let's have a let's, pool uh, person. Let's, let's move on from that. And thank you for the call, Robert. They're tired I, of talking I, about my pool. I did guys. want to they talk about. Move on to something else. I did want to talk to Francis <laughs> and Natchez. What's going on, Francis? Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah. Got two questions for you this morning. My first question is, a friend of mine found some snakes in her garage, and she seemed to think that the snakes came in through the weep holes. And I told her, no way possible. With the backing on the outside of the studs, the two top plates, double plates, a plate at the bottom, and even if they did get down in between that, you had the insulation. And if it got down in between that, they had the sheetrock to deal with. She sealed her weep holes. I told her she made them. Oh, no. That's not, that's not good. Mm-mm. So, so okay, uh, before we, we mentioned this during the beginning of the show that we'd be talking about some terms today. And it's kind of funny because I said weep hole, right? And mm-hmm. you hear what you hear. Mm-hmm. The person who answers the phones today wrote down wheat hole as if it were a place for wheat to go so i do want i do want to that's why i didn't say the name um i do want i do want to explain the term so one of you guys explain to me what is a weep w-e-e-p hole what is that well okay a weep hole is at the bottom of your brick ledge 
Mm-hmm. It's in your first or second row about below your slab. Mm-hmm. And in the second, first or second, third row course of brick. <laughs> right. They're 33 inches apart. Uh-huh. And all it is is a space between the two bricks where there's no mortar. A hole. We don't put mortar there. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a reason for that. Your brick is spaced away from your structure. The air goes up through your soffit vent, Mm -hmm. down the back side of the brick and on the front side of the sheathing, and any moisture that were to get between the sheathing and the brick would weep out of that weep hole. So Ah. it actually serves two purposes. It weeps moisture Mm -hmm. or wicks up Uh in uh, the Birmingham area. They actually put a cotton rope in there. Yeah, I see it. I see it when I go there. So I wish we would do that here, but we don't. So it weeps the water out, Mm -hmm. but it also lets air circulate between the brick and the sheet. It's like a ventilator. And also brick is porous. So your brick is really not designed to keep the water off. It's your pretty. Well, the folks, the thing, yeah, the thing that you guys have told me over the years is that I always thought houses were made of brick. I didn't right. realize they no. just looked like bricks. No, right. they're just, um, well, they used to be. I mean, you go into well, these 100-year-old and you've right, got solid right. brick sure. walls. Or, or cinder block building. Right. That structure is built right. cinder block. But right. typically when you see a brick home, the brick is a veneer outside of the actual structure. It's, it doesn't in, even touch the home. Doesn't even touch no. the home. It's on Did its you own hear that, little folks? ledge. That's yeah. right. So think about this. When you go home and you look at the brick and you count on that brick to keep you safe, right? There's nothing well, behind that brick. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that brick going to keep you real safe. Yeah. Um, and another thing you want to think about, too, since we're talking about that, is that because the brick is the veneer, a lot of times people will freak out if there are cracks in that veneer. Well, and you've got to understand point. that that brick, brick doesn't. Have you ever tried to break a brick? <laughs> Or move a brick. When brick moves against brick, uh-huh. if there is a little give in there at all, just let's say a quarter of an inch, mm-hmm. you'll end up with a hairline crack. Yeah. A lot of times that happens on the backside where we'll see it where the garage meets the house because the garage slab is not as thick as the house slab. And a lot of times they're poured separately or there'll be a joint. And when those right. start moving, if they don't put what we call an expansion joint uh-huh. on the backside, and that exp- I've had people freak out over an expansion joint, and <laughs> all that is is a straight line that's cut between the brick on the garage and the brick on the house, or what's the length on brick wall that has to have an expansion joint? Oh Jeff? gosh, I don't what know is it? Thirty, thirty some odd feet, I think. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. It's Every, clo- close to that. So if you look down a really long brick wall, mm-hmm. you want to see a cut from the top to the bottom every, let's say, 36 feet. Yeah. And what that'll do is that allows that building to move. Really? Buildings are always moving. That's right. They're expanding, they're contracting, the ground moves. So that expansion joint allows that. And I love, love, love to see them. If I don't see it, then normally, and it's usually right around the gas meter, (laughs) (laughs) we know where they are, you'll see a hairline crack going up. If that crack is not bigger than a quarter of an inch and there's no offset there, then it's just you can chalk it up to the brick veneer that needs the weep hole Uh moving just a little bit. Interesting. And it's fine. What about the snakes? 
Now, what uh, about no, the, the snake? The snake, Snakes, the snake did not come in that. No, Francis, that we sorry. In, yeah. in, in my opinion. Is that a possibility? Like, I guess if a snake wanted to, that's really the hardest way to get in, to be but honest with you. But you said it was snake. in the garage? Well, she found the snakes in the garage. It would make no. it make more sense for the snake to come in under the garage door. Right, right. Yeah, that's um, what I told her. So, but now that she has sealed up the weep holes, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> Take a drill bit and just, she probably sealed it with caulk or right. something. No, just drill it back out mm-hmm. and... Um, yeah, but don't go through your OSB. And well, your, true. And your, yeah, just, um, drill just, as, just drill as far as the brick is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, you. And what's the thickness on the brick? Know. I don't even know. Three inches. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. But next question is, I called you guys about a few months ago and asked a question, but the contractor wasn't there. Why reinforcement in the concrete as opposed to fibers? Or would you recommend both? Okay, that's okay. A, that's an excellent question. Start start us out at the beginning. What is he asking us? What is uh, he asking? He you? is asking why are we putting cables or rebar in our home slabs and not fiber the concrete companies now have a structural fiber that bonds that concrete together that will replace steel but only in the driveway sidewalks patios what we call flat work right Um, no it's not going to work in a slab I do not recommend it doing that in your slab at all. I do recommend it in all your flat work. We've been using structural fiber now for about three years. Do um, hey, define flat work for me. Okay, flat work is driveway, sidewalks, patios. That's considered flat work. I love it in there. I am a big believer in cables. So all the homes that my company is involved in, we will use cables opposed to steel do i think the cables are better not necessarily but when i do cables i marry a engineer meaning if something were to go wrong i'm not going without my engineer my engineer and myself we are best buddies at that point we are married to each other so typically you don't have that when you use steel yeah, and it's saying here, I looked this up, and it says, because of the difficulties involved in dealing with heavyweight steel fibers during the mixing, Yeah, that oh. it almost prevents it. Yeah, it's not recommended for a slab. It won't work. You need either cables or steel to bond that slab to your footings and your cap. Mm-hmm. Awesome question. Interesting. Okay, thanks a lot. Yes, thanks, sir. Francis. Wow. That one went a little deeper than I thought it was going to go. I learned something there. Yes, Except we still don't know where those snakes came from. Right. Well, yeah. I don't think they came through the weep hole. Not a weep yeah. hole. All right. This weekend, I changed the belt on my front-wheel drive lawnmower. It was the craziest thing. I've had this lawnmower for probably six years. Great lawnmower. It's one of those that cranks the first time every time. But, you know, the front-wheel drive on it, it's a walk-behind. It's not really a push. It's a walk-behind. So there's a belt that drives that front wheel. And I thought that something was wrong with the mower where it turns out that belt was just worn out. And I watched a quick two-minute and 16-second YouTube video on how to change this belt, walked into the big box, and there was the belt sitting on the shelf. It took me about... 
20 minutes to change that belt, and it's like my lawnmower is a brand new machine. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I think the belt was four bucks or something like that, and the world changed for my lawnmower. I love an easy project. I know. Yeah, it it's is. fantastic. Oh, know. So much easier than pool chemicals. It's just put a belt on it. <clears throat> is there, yeah. <laughs> so hey, much easier. I've got a project right now. It's crazy. I bought a TV. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I cannot get local channels anymore. All right. So, you know what? I'm going to send a seventh <laughs> grader to your house. <laughs> yeah. Right. You need a 12-year-old. <laughs> right. Yeah. To fi- it's to fix so you frustrating. Up. It's on that remote, Pops. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want it on the TV, not on the remote. Don't I want it on the screen. Don't you have That's what they're right, for. All right. <laughs> all right. Let's go to the phone. Um, Sarah's on the line in Arkansas. So I always listen to you while I'm driving to Lake Village in the morning. Uh-huh. But when you're talking about weep holes, probably in the mid-'80s, I was a young associate in a law firm in Detroit. Uh-huh. There was this huge Jewish synagogue built, and the outside of it was clad in brick. And the bricklayer, when they laid the bricks, allowed a lot of mortar to build up between the space and the walls. Uh, and with the cigarettes, climate, there were cigarettes in there, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that climate, with all the rain that came through and the direction that building was pointed in, all of that water built up in that dead space, oh, and no. I think that case, yeah. So I've spent 30 years always looking at weep holes going, you guys, those are so important. Yes, they <laughs> are. Yes, they are. I think that case cost millions. It's it's so, neat probably. because, mm-hmm. as Jeff mentioned, I've been over in the Birmingham area, and most all of their houses have the little rope hanging out the weep hole there. It's well, like it's just a little rope. Yeah, and see, I noticed that. Uh-huh. We went over there to kind of look at some different architecture. And so I noticed that. So I asked somebody, I said, why do y'all do that? Uh-huh. Well, they do it for a couple of reasons, but the main reason is so bugs don't crawl in there, but oh. yet it still will huh. will serve its purpose. How right. interesting. So is yeah. it just a little piece of cut rope? Is it in cotton? The- that's what it looks like to me. Yeah. Uh, and How I'm sure that's what it is. Because I did look, um, I looked through the rope one time and it looked like a cotton yeah, sure based does. rope. That's right. And I thought, well, this now, is probably rot out in a couple of years. I, I'm sure it's some special design that, you know, will let water pass through. Just like, I hate to use the word tie back, but house wrap. Right. House wrap will wick moisture it won't let moisture go through it so it has to be put on the right way and that's just another barrier that goes on right. our sheathing between our sheathing and our brick oh i wanted to talk about do backer rod you know the the round backer well, rod they'll the, take that but my concern with that the backer rod is not to go in a weep hole well, but I've and that's what i'm saying i've seen some people do oh, that yeah, no. now, now, I, now you've plugged your weep hole mm-hmm. yeah huh. so the fibrous rope has got some it's got some movement in there right. to let stuff out the same way tieback will not allow moisture to go the other way i want right. to explain what he meant we've been talking today about some of the jargon we use tieback it's a type of material and the way that you know it the way that most people in the world know it it's a shipping bag it's like what fedex uses to ship their yeah, stuff in yeah kind of it's, that's it's right. easily cuttable impossible to tear that's right oh yeah you know, yeah um, it'll shred if you go yeah, in right. after a tornado or something you'll see that stuff i mean that's right. oh, yeah. it'll kind of hold the house together and the reason we use that and i think jeff correct me i may be wrong about this but i think the way we install it here 
in the South is different than the way that they install it in the North. Would that make any sense? I don't know how they install it in the North, but I will tell you our build practice is a lot different than what people do in other parts of the world. It's got to be because of our climate. Because of the climate. Right. Right. And so that Tyvek literally blocks... What? How does it? I can't remember. It blocks the moisture out, but allows it to breathe. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I actually went. I got a call one time on a sunroom, and it was just full of mold. And I went over there to look at it. And when I went on the outside, they had uh-huh. come in with those just wood slats on the outside. Right. Mm-hmm. And I looked underneath it, and it was plastic. Plastic, so like, like a using, bag, like a mm-hmm, trash bag, or just kind a of polyurethane thing? plastic, and they had used that instead of the tie back. Uh-huh. Well, what you've done now <laughs> is you've just trapped all right. that right. moisture. It's a sauna box. It is a sauna box. Now there is an eighteen-inch. We call it moist. It's a moist stop. That's the slang for it. But it's eighteen inches. We put that on our bottom row of our wall. Uh huh. Your moist stop goes on, and then your sheathing and your tie back. Right, it would go on a bottom layer. But I saw right. this cut out in the windows and at oh, the doors, oh. and I mean, well, you this know, was back in the day. We used to put visqueen on the inside of the two by fours, and then put up our sheet. Yeah, rock. and we wow. learned pretty quick that you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good idea. Uh, uh-uh. and tell them why not, Jeff. Well, it creates a greenhouse, and you'll uh, rot your timbers out in well, between. It just it holds water. It right. Creates mold. Creates mold, everything. Yeah, Yeah, water, moisture vapor is a big deal. That's right. You better be dealing. I can tell you, we talk about it and joke about it here on Fix It 101 because it's not something that we deal with in Mississippi really a lot, which is basements. But you want to talk about a business in the world is finishing basements so that they're not susceptible to so much moisture that's a huge business oh Um, yeah and in the south anyway and we learned here in mississippi pretty quick that a basement is all it is is an indoor swimming it's a pool yeah (laughs) all right uh on the line right now because i built one (laughs) speaking of don is on the line in long beach wants to talk about the pool what's going on don does she have a cartridge or a sand filter it's a sand filter you have to change the sand out in your sand filter so you have contaminants, past chemicals that have not been backwashed out that are probably causing the uh, cloudiness in your pool. I'm so glad you brought like that up because they mentioned that the other day. And I walked in the door and I was like, I was told him, I said, I backwashed that thing 18 inches below the um, skimmer. I mean, I backwashed the ever-living out of that filter. Right. And she was like, you just need to change your sand. Right. <laughs> right. How, how often do you need to change that? What'd you five say? Years. Uh, yeah. Five years. Five years. She said five three years. to five. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I'm right at four years. Yep. So it's about well, time. Well, I am too. I okay. need to change mine. Mm-hmm. And you really? Yeah. I'm You're not sure. Just, you know, just like anything else, it's smooth. Just like sandpaper. Right. What happens is, is it's not doing its job after a period of time. Oh, five years. It, it loses those jagged edges, doesn't it? Yes. And it, yes. it turns to balls. Yeah. Yep. That's, that, I, you that, know what? That, that makes sense. I think that's probably what it is. Yep. Is that, let me ask you this, is that a DIY project or am I better off hiring yep. somebody? Yep. How you, do you do that? Yep. Did you say better better off hiring someone? No, 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 no. no. He oh. said do it. Do it yourself. Yeah. Yes. How, how, how do you do that? Isn't there? Isn't you have there, to it, get all the water out of it so it's got a drain on the bottom. Right. You're going to secure all the water to it. 
you're going to have to disconnect the intake and backwash yep. portions of the pipe because you got to take that valve that's on the top. Okay. Valve has to unscrew. You right. take the valve off the top. It, yep. Yeah, it's got a clamp ring yep. that's yep. probably holding it in place. You pull it up, and then you just start scooping your sand out. Best okay. thing to do is watch some YouTube movies. No, I got you now. Uh, yeah. And the, the clampering on my pool filter was actually a giant screw, and it came with, the filter came with this huge tool that you use to unscrew the head of the yeah. the thing. I've never seen it before. Hmm, okay. Well, well and there are different kinds yep. of sand, too, that you can get. It's my understanding that there's a new red sand that's supposed to be really good. Do you know anything about that? Uh, no, I'm just a homeowner and a pool owner. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, it will tell you on the side of specifically the make model, and it possibly will tell you how many pounds of sand okay. it's going to take on the nameplate on it. Awesome. And awesome. Uh, the only thing I screwed up when I did mine, when I was putting it back, I forgot to line up my pipes. So after I filled it with sand, uh, my pipes didn't line up. Right. So make sure you attach all your pipes before sure. you fill it up. Yeah, before because at that up. point, uh, it's, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Once it weighs three hundred and fifty. Sure. <laughs> okay. Stuff, uh, hey, man. That's that's. I like yeah. That. Well, Pammy's gonna give that a shot, and we'll we'll report back. Good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks a lot. I wanted to bring up something that I read the other day, and I've seen it forever on Facebook. There's been this thing going around, this picture, and I've seen it. I don't know how many times of someone has taken like a deck umbrella and has put that over their outside air conditioning unit and it's talked that. about the possible cost savings and this thing has been all over the internet and people were buying umbrellas and putting it over their air conditions because quote it would work better if the thing ran cooler well a station in fort myers florida the nbc affiliate channel 2 in fort myers actually did a test and they had an air conditioned tech out there and let it run with just full sun on it you know, and this mm-hmm. is Florida sun, so mm-hmm. this is real sun here. Mm-hmm. And then they put a shade over it. Absolutely zero, zero. benefit whatsoever. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Nothing. Well, again, you have to understand air conditioning. Right. Air conditioning does not pump cool air into the house. It removes hot it air. It removes the hot now, air. <laughs> how, how does it do that? It does that with the coils in your condensing unit. My belief is if you will take a water sprinkler and sprinkle the coils, mm-hmm. that is going to do a lot more than putting an umbrella over it. Right. So, But your cost is what's your water cost versus your savings. That's the next test that needs right. to be done. I've seen them. They've come up with these. It's um, a little mister. A mister. That's right. I have seen that. That's right. That they'll put on. But let me tell you, the the thing about condensers, it's where you put the crazy thing. And I I did a brand new house this past week, and they flopped that condenser right in front of the dryer vent. Oh, Oh, yeah. No, you you can't do that. Oh, well, well, yeah, well, somebody well, did. Well, wait, wait. Let me let me back up. One can there, do there, that. There's no magic. <laughs> Something's going to fall out of the sky and say you can't do that. It, it does not meet code. So, right. <laughs> you know, I, you're not supposed to do that. It's a manufacturer <laughs> specifications, too. And that will, because you're drying, you're putting warm, moist, linty oh, yeah. air into that coil into Jeff's point. You know, if you can keep your coils clean. Mm-hmm. Now, something to keep in mind, homeowners, 
you need to make sure if you're going to try to do some of this, find out the manufacturer specifications on the unit you've got. Mm-hmm. Because I'm going to tell you, you're going to be able to do things with a high end unit that you can't do with a low end unit. Right. I will say one safety thing. Well, it's not safety, actually. It's just save your money. Do not use high pressure water on your outside air conditioning. Oh, unit. heavens no. It will, it will <laughs> yeah, destroy yeah. it will destroy those little slats in there. That, the fins. Yeah, the fins. fins. Yeah, yeah. You can do some damage. And right. that's what I mean. A high-end unit is mm-hmm. made of heavier, more durable parts. Mm-hmm. So you could mist that unit, whereas a very cheap unit, if you start putting mist on it uh-huh. constantly, probably rust it, out. you'll rust it out right. from the inside <laughs> out. So you've just got to look at what your specifications are on any particular unit. And then the install on it, I just think people are spending their money on things when a lot of times it's the install and the use that's causing the high energy bills. All right. I've got to talk to uh, John in Meridian because he's still wanting to talk snakes and weep holes. What's going on, John? (laughs) Hey, good morning. Love your show. Thanks, man. So uh, do you have snakes coming through your weep holes? Yes, I saw a four-foot snake go into a weep hole in my house. I watched him do that, and I was just shocked. And then uh, sometime sometime later, I had snakes come into the kitchen. Now, these were very small. They were like less than a foot long. But on two different occasions, I had snakes in the kitchen of my house. Really? And I think there was some sort of a gap there because underneath the cabinets, it was open. And between the floor and the wall there was a gap as well, which I sealed up and that solved the problem. But I think the snakes were getting into the weep holes and then somehow getting underneath the cabinet. So Dude, I think it's, it's possible. Well, yeah, you know what? I guess they could come through the weep hole, go up, find a plumbing penetration and come through that. Wait a second. Wait a second. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. John, where do you live? <laughs> so that I mean, where all the snakes uh, come through. And <laughs> Panama City, and I believe they were indigo snakes. I think they're kind of endangered, but they're making a comeback. You know, I lived in Panama City for a while, and the big snake to be scared of there, it's a little bitty rattlesnake. It's a little tiny Teeny, rattler. tiny little rattle. Yeah, but you step on them. Uh, and they bite your ankles. Ooh. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Thank so you. So when I leave today, right. I'm going to have all this in my But, you know, I guess theoretically they could come in. And this is why we always talk to folks about sealing up all those penetrations. And, you know, some but folks not have the weep holes. Not the weep no. hole. Now, no. some people have put things like steel wool in the weep holes. I've seen that. Yeah. That, yeah, one, yeah. One other thing. One other thing. The house was uh, remodeled after Hurricane Michael, so it was very well sealed up. Otherwise, so sure. it must have been the weep holes. I think. Wow. Wow. Well, well if you saw it going incredible. in, I mean, there's your, yeah. there's the proof. Oh, in if the I saw a four foot snake coming through a weep hole, I'd sell that house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had somebody call me one time. They wanted to know if I could I find a snake in the wall with my thermal camera, and I and I was like, we're not going to find out. Right. <laughs> you know, I, but I I'm guess you could. looking for your snake. I guess you could, though. Huh? Right. Well, it would depend. You know, thermal imaging is temperature differentials, and so snakes are cold. Oh yeah. And uh, so, if it point. was like sitting right on the sheetrock on the other side, then right. I might be able to see right, something. Right. But you okay. know, it would just have to be. I did have. I've told this story before about I did a house, one of these uh, farm wasn't a farmhouse, lake house, you know, and I get up in the attic and I work my way. And some of these attics are tiny now. And I've worked my way all the way over to the other side. I had to go around a chimney and I get over there and I look down and there's a snake skin. It's about six feet long. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mother of God. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I turned around. I got out a lot quicker than I went in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phone real quick. Roger's on the line in Florence. He heard us talking about pool sand filters. You with us, Roger? I'm with you, and it's, it'll be quick. I'm usually long-winded, but I don't have a pool. I want to make that clear. But, but <laughs> Okay. You're don't the, want one. You're the smart one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I dug a pond, which doesn't hold water very well. <laughs> and I dug a long trench to swim in. And the first time it filled up, I swam in it. Second time, my, my hands hit the dirt. Third time, it was full of sludge. It didn't work. So anyway, I don't uh. have a pool. But I, my question, well, I thought you ought to address this before you close the subject, and I'm sorry to bring it up again, but where do you get the sand? And I just have one suggestion. Don't get it from the Pearl River below Jackson. No. <laughs> below Jackson. <laughs> Probably best not to. Yeah, I think that's good advice. The sand, the sand actually is particular sand. It's made to be in those filters. It's not just playground sand or anything of that nature the sand is made to be in those filters it'll say on the bag this is okay for pool use yeah yeah and a lot of times people get their sand from a pool store i don't know what differences are but pam was using a different sand and that could be a contributing factor to her pool being cloudy yeah because i had everything changed out about four years ago, mm-hmm. I had a new filter put in and, you mm-hmm. know, bought some new pieces and parts. But she had recently changed out the sand and, and she's not had oh, good results. I did results. it at that time. Yeah. And four years ago, I, I did it at that time. Oh, okay. So, you know, it, anyway. Maybe it, time to change. It's time. Yeah, maybe it's, yeah, I tell people that all the time. Might be time to get yeah. a new one. Well, maybe that's what I need to do. But Roger, yeah, you can get it at pool stores and I've bought it at the big boxes just yeah, because the they have it. Yeah, back in their pool supply yeah. area, they'll mm-hmm. have bags of it bags of pool sand yeah all right thanks a lot roger appreciate it now i do use the old sand and spread it in my yard yes (laughs) i don't waste anything i reuse anything i can my goodness all right (laughs) it kind of stinks for a while but i would think so it's been a filter for (laughs) four years (laughs) i don't put it next to the house well maybe i could put it next to my weep holes and keep the snakes out keep me out (laughs) all right so got an email here hi fix it 101 crew we had a new hvac installed beginning of this year it's on the side of the home that rarely frequented so i don't know how long this has been going on but i first heard a noise this spring out of the hvac an installer has tried several fixes nothing has worked and he's still researching on how to fix this noise can you mention any potential culprit this might be any possible solutions Thanks in advance for your reply and any one-on-one fix-its y'all can conceive. Well, uh, I've seen sometimes you'll get a leaf or something that'll get stuck in the fan. If it's not sitting straight, the bearing will get off on it. But if it's brand new, I'd go back to the manufacturer. Sure. You get a seven-year, usually a seven-year warranty. Well, no, I, I would call my installer and say... Well, that's what I'm thinking is the manufacturer you know, of the unit. Yeah, it's probably like... Pam said a bearing or something yeah. is just you know because look a human made that unit mm-hmm. humans make mistakes and humans installed it and human installed it so let's get a new one if you cannot fix this let's get a new one mm-hmm. since I bought a new one and put another one in yeah and see if you got still got the sound now some of them and I'm gonna go back to what I was saying earlier. Those cheaper units, mm-hmm. those slumber guns are loud. 
Well, I will say this. She said she did have it installed at the beginning of this year. So whatever that was is certainly still under warranty. Oh, yeah. Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, absolutely. And, in, and so. certainly whomever installed it, if it's under yeah. a year, they should absolutely fix it. Prime example, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying this person hired someone that's, right. and I'm not picking on the small guy. I am the small guy. Right. But hire a reputable contractor. Right. Where did you work last? Where did you work yesterday? Mm-hmm. I don't care where you worked a month ago. Where did you work yesterday? Give me a phone number, check their references. And it's real easy today to check people out. You don't even have to let them know you checked them out. Right. Well, I'll tell you something. This happened to me yesterday. I did this gargantuan house, and I'm over there, and they've got a groundskeeper, okay? Mm -hmm. And this guy was very knowledgeable. I really, I love hanging out with people like that because I learn a lot. And he said they had a generator that was enormous that hadn't been used in years. And when a new owner came in, the interior had just been chewed up. By rats uh, and squirrels oh, and, no. yep, and just done some damage. And then they also had a gate on this property, same thing, mm-hmm. where the mice and the squirrels yep. got in there. So what he did is he went down to the hardware store, and I've actually talked about this, hadn't used it yet, and got a spray of coyote urine. Yep. <laughs> really? And once a month, sure. he goes and sprays around that generator. And sprays that gate. So, so is that something you might pick up at the co-op? Or? Oh, yeah. You can get it at the big box stores because yeah, he really? brought it you know, out. Fo- sh- fox urine. Yes. You know, any, any predator. predator hmm. Any predator will work. And that's real easy to get. You can get it at co-op Oh yeah, most can, hardwares. He brought right. it out. He said, you want me to spray it? So he's, I was like, absolutely not. I do not want to smell that stuff. Right. But he was doing that. So back to our person and the problem at the condenser oh. could be rodent damage somehow Ooh, yeah and if, if they're in the country and that condenser's not being used in the winter time if you don't have a heat pump that outside condenser is not turning and working in the winter right so this is why i advocate for making sure everything gets serviced and cleaned on a yearly basis now hers is brand new mm-hmm. but that could be the problem is it that sure something got in there well, and that's well i can tell you i can tell you one unit that i had years ago had an ant problem no yes. clue yes. that i had an ant problem but ants had taken over the entire outside unit of my mm-hmm. air conditioner and they they <laughs> had will, no idea they will build their tube or whatever you want to call their up home. the fence. That's mm-hmm. right. And, and they can also build them up. where the, oh, what's it called? It's the contact that turns things on and off. Yeah, they'll actually get in there, die, and keep a contact going or fry the contact. Uh, 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 or, you're exactly right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So rodents and pests and just that could be part of the problem. So. And, and two, just because it's brand new mm-hmm. does not mean there's not maintenance. Yep. Right. Okay, I wanted to go over some of these terms, guys. We talk about these a lot, and I want to get to them before we end the show here. But okay, so one of the terms you may hear here on Fix It 101 is air gap, and that is the plumbing technique preventing backflow through a pipe by allowing air to enter to break a siphon. An air gap. What's your vents are? A hammer arrestor. Yeah, Yeah. you call it a hammer arrestor. Well, you're talking about on a water heater, those tanks that go on a water heater. Well... He's no, t- at a termination, like your water feed going to your ice maker should have a hammer arrestor coming off of that, which would be a short pipe, a place for that water to go. Right. 
Right. I think that's what you're talking about. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll yeah. go with that. Let's keep let's keep going. That was the A. Here's a B for you. And we say this word all the time, and it always blows my mind when we say it. Bat. B-A-T-T. No. <laughs> and, and, and whenever I hear that, I get all the images that you've had all your life. Of course, Batman and vampires and everything else. It's a piece of insulation. And it's a roll. It's a roll. Yeah. Usually fiberglass, rock wool, or cotton that fits between studs and a wall. So it, bat is that rolled insulation. And I remember as a kid, as the pink stuff. That was yeah. that's what I remember. And, and if we're going to talk about that, let's talk about how it needs to be installed. No, I'm just talking about terms now. Because <laughs> I see it wrong all the time. <laughs> here's, here's one we use all the time that also needs to be mentioned. We say the word flashing, okay? Flashing is the sheet metal bent into shape to protect the roof and walls from water seepage. It typically goes up next to other things. So, like, you'll have flashing against your chimney or flashing against... A dormer. Thank you. A roof to wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a parapet wall Mm -hmm. or a chimney. Yeah, chimneys. Is that what that's called, a dormer? Yes. I need to stop calling it the doghouses. Well, yeah. either way, th- th- you can say doghouse. Dog doghouse. Proper a, name is a dormer. Is a dormer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, here's one we use all the time: French drain. Everybody says, "Oh, I know what that is." Why is it called a is. French drain? Well, uh, it, it, is uh, French fries? But, same thing. But but what is a French drain? A French drain is not just a pipe in the ground. This is sometimes called a perimeter drain. It's a perforated drain pipe in a trench that is covered with gravel that, right. whose purpose is to move water to another place. Right. That, that is a French drain. Now, you can have another. You can have a solid pipe drain right. that would not be a French drain. Right. Meaning it's not porous and it doesn't have the holes it, it, in it. That's right. right. Yeah. And if you, if you want to have a maintenance issues, you put in a French drain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to clog something up. I'm dealing with a client now. And, yeah, the problem is the French drain didn't get put in right. Ah. <laughs> uh, you know what? That leads me to an email that I got this week about that very in particular asked. You mentioned something, Pam, last week about how subsurface drains get clogged. Yep. Well, this person said, hey, clean out a subsurface drain. <laughs> That's a really good question. Throw dirt at it and... Plant a flower and yeah. be done. I mean, and that's the problem. The thing that I see is people put in a French drain to carry subsurface water, and then they'll put their gutter in there. And the problem is that if your gutter gets stuff in it, and that stuff goes down that downspout and into that French drain, you don't have a French drain anymore. You've got a retaining pond, right. a subsurface retaining pond. Right. So it's, and Jeff said it a little while ago, you know, maintenance, you're just going to have to deal with the fact if you're going to own a property, you're going to have maintenance. That's right. And you've got to keep that up. And if you just get tired of it, hire somebody else to do it. But if you don't do it, then you've just decreased the value of your property. And then you get all mad at me when I come in and talk about it on home inspection. Let me give a suggestion there. I have used, and I've not used it on an underground drain. But I've used the system that they sell to clean out your dryer vents, oh, yeah. which I think would work pretty decently on that. I really do. That might work. If it's not heavy muck, then I think it might work. Oh, yeah. The problem is that it's probably heavy muck. Right. Something that I have done mm-hmm. is that, and I've got these drains in my yard, is I will take a water hose. Mm-hmm. And I will take it and push it as hard and far as I can. I don't turn it on. And I get it all the way to the end. Then I turn it on. 
then I pull it back a little bit at a time. Yeah. Hmm. And it'll start washing all that stuff out. Oh, nice. Wow. This is a fast show, guys. All right. Uh, Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded by the generous contributions from listeners like you. Our show is produced by Mr. Java Chapman. Our call screener today was Charles Arnold, the intern for Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons. I'm Jason Klein. Join us next Wednesday at 9 for Fix It 101, only on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to this MPB Think Radio podcast. MPB depends on support from listeners, so if you can, please contribute today at mpbonline.org.